It's almost camp time for the Florida Gators. Who is stepping up at the offensive skill positions? We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. If you are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. We're talking training camp today, but joining me for that is Brandon Carroll of All Gators and Carroll's Cadence, like he does every friday joining me now for locked on gators like he does every friday is brandon carroll from all gators and carol's cadence his new youtube channel so make sure to check that out new episode does come out today so don't miss that one but brandon we're talking about training camp this their fall camps right here and florida lost their leading pass catcher in xavier henderson at least in terms of receptions xavier henderson at 38 Starting X receiver, Justin Shorter, went to the Buffalo Bills this past offseason. Who were you looking at as potential replacements for them during fall camp? And I like I'll say everybody that watches this show knows that for me, Caleb Douglas is like the guy that that even last year, I was just like, I know we have Justin Shorter, but next year it's Caleb Douglas. But who are you looking forward to to stepping up? I agree with you. Uh, I do think it's Caleb Douglas, and I think that everyone around him thinks it's him. Uh, because if just my time at SEC Media Days told me anything, is that not only does Ricky Pearsall think it's Caleb Douglas, but Jason Marshall Jr. thinks it's Caleb Douglas. Uh, Kingsley Aguacan thinks, thinks it's Caleb Douglas. And Billy Napier thinks it's Caleb Douglas because he's the most kind of, I, I don't want to say most talented, but he is the most, he has the mixture of talent and experience that you need to come in and take on the role that Xavier Henderson left behind. Um, Caleb Douglas is their X receiver this year. He is going to hit the field week one and start at the X for Florida. And I think that he's made significant progression from his freshman year this offseason. I know, obviously, last year there were concerns about just him being able to catch the ball. There were drop concerns um, as he played quarterback in high school up until like late in his senior year. Uh, and and really, even then, even when he did get out wide, he was still playing quarterback. Like it, Like, he still had... Uh, those reps there so he's still new to the position but he showed last year that he can be a strong asset for this Florida offense and I think with you know what they have right now Caleb Douglas is the top guy to kind of compliment Ricky Pearsall uh, out of the slot you know I think Douglas is going to kind of be that number one boundary wide out and he's going to be the guy that they look to when they have to kind of make those possession plays. I think he's a possession receiver. I'm not sure if there's going to be much in terms of him kind of stretching the field um, and things like that. Cause I think they have other pieces to do that, but they can allow him to work in the intermediate short and intermediate. And I think he can be very valuable for them in that area. Yeah. Caleb Douglas is just, I'm a huge fan. I just, I'm like, I'm not even going to pretend that it's like, I just, I just think he's fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing him just grow and develop, but I could be mistaken here. But you were at the Florida Pro Day, obviously. We were both at the Florida Pro Day. 
if I'm not mistaken, Caleb Douglas was out there running routes too, right? With, yes, he was. was. Is that not a testament to like how good like they at least or how comfortable at least Anthony Richardson felt with him that he's like, yeah, I'm throwing in front of these NFL scouts. We could have any of the people here, but I, I am also bringing you, even though we had what, three pass catchers available for it. Is that not yeah. just a testament to Caleb Douglas's at least confidence within the program early on? Without a doubt. I mean, that's that's a, you know, not only does that help him because he gets the time to showcase himself in front of, you know, professional scouts and NFL brass, but it helps. Obviously, Anthony Richardson felt comfortable with them and, we know what Anthony Richardson can do. Obviously, he struggled last year at Florida at times, but he's talented. And the Colts know he's talented. That's why they picked him number four. So now you're seeing that and you're saying, okay, well, maybe this Caleb Douglas guy can be something. And I think that he can. I think he's going to be something. And they're going to, you know, he's in a position now where he has to be something for this Florida offense. So if they're kind of looking toward a guy to step up in this wide receiver room. Caleb Douglas is at the top of the list and he is unrivaled at the top of the list going into 2023. And they have all the trust in him. They, they believe that he can uh, kind of be able to run routes at an effective rate, uh, kind of create separation at the top and just catch the ball and make something happen uh, in, in the yards after catch. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to this new role, but he's, going from a role last year where he gradually saw more and more playing time as the season went on. And now he's thrust into that. All right. You're our wide receiver one. Obviously the Ricky Pierce is our wide receiver one, but he's their wide receiver one on the outside um, for them this year for Graham Mertz to kind of pick, you know, and use as a weapon. Yeah. Um, there's also three new true freshmen on campus that, Everybody loves Aiden Mizell, Eugene Wilson, Andy Jean. Um, what are your realistic expectations for them? Because I know I was telling you this off air. Like, I feel like we've gotten to a point where Florida Gators fans, just like obviously not all of them, but Florida Gators fans on like Twitter and comments are just going nuts with like, they're all winning the Boletnikoff this year. Like they're just going crazy with it, but obviously not exactly realistic. So what are you expecting from them? Yeah, I think I want to start with Andy Jean. Obviously, I think he's garnered the most uh, buzz surrounding himself, not only as a prospect, but he showed out in spring. He showed that what Caleb Douglas is doing this year, I think he takes a faster track to being able to do. I think he finds his way into the rotation and into one of those starting spots before the year is over on the outside. I think he compliments Douglas on the opposite side. I do think Marcus Burke will be in there as well. Um, obviously there's been a lot of people waiting for him to step up into that role. I think this is the year for him to do that. And because of that, um, it's going to give Florida some a luxury at the wide receiver position, but Gene is one of the most nuanced route runners I've seen in quite some time coming from the prep level. And I think that correlates directly to what Florida's offense wants to do, um, this upcoming year, because, if you can create separation, you're always going to have a spot on the field. And I think that the way he's able to push up field and kind of keep a vertical stem before making his breaks is going to be so valuable, so uh, significant for just uh, uh, having being able to put a quarterback in a position where they don't have to make a throw to a tight window because he's able to create three, four yards of separation on whoever's in coverage on him. And, you know, he's going to be able to kind of put himself in a position where the ball's coming and there's no one really there to make a play on it. And because of that, how can you not put him on the field? 
And I'm not saying it's going to be week one, but I do think he gets snaps week one. I think he even will get snaps, you know, uh, in, in, in the twenties because they're thin at this position, but they got reinforcements on the way. It's they're coming. It's just maybe not coming as fast as Florida fans would like to see. Uh, but Gene is, is going to be a piece. He's, he's going to be someone that he's going to be a dude. All right. He's going to be a dude. But I do think we need to temper expectations in terms of how fast that can come. I do think it comes in 2023, but I wouldn't expect him going out there week one and putting up 120 yards on 12 catches or anything like that. So it'll it'll be a learning curve for him for sure. But I do think the future is very, very bright there. And as do I for the other two freshmen. Um, but I do think they're more eased into the program, uh, similar to how Caleb Douglas was last year. Eugene Wilson, who is – just a freak of nature. I think every time there is a new benching video, a new squatting video, obviously there are some questions on the squat depth, whatever Uh, we can talk about that later, but he is different. And I think that he brings so much explosiveness to this offense. He can be that number two behind Ricky Pearsall. And that'll be very fun to watch. Um, and, And that's what Florida needs on offense this year. They need someone that can kind of stretch the field and just make, it to where you can have a deep threat and a short yardage threat that can take it 80 yards if you need to uh, whenever he gets the ball. So uh, I think Gene and Wilson have the best opportunity to see the field. And I think Mizell is going to, but I also, there's concerns um, just by his weight. Cause um, you know, you saw Eugene Wilson, they were concerned about his weight and then now he's up to 180. Uh, uh, yeah. 5'10, 180. So he's, he's in, he's in go, go for him. He's ready to rock. Aiden Mizell, sure, he's 6'2", but he's 167. Is that a, a, you know conducive for the SEC? That's a question mark. As a result, I think he's kind of the one left out of the, of the um, that you see on the field a lot this season. But all three of them, in my opinion, are going to be year two at least uh, contributors for Florida, if not later in the year in year one. Yeah, I have this hope of like Aiden Mizell playing a, a good deal this year, not even needing to get the ball, just like just run deep and make them just threaten them. Who cares? Yeah. Like, I don't even need you to catch it. Run like in long term, I'm just thinking of like Aiden Mizell can do anything that Xavier Henderson was able to do, like in the long run, like fill that role. I think, he can, role, like, I think he can do it at a more effective level. Yep. I think I can, I think he can do what they wanted Xavier Henderson to do. Not necessarily what he could do, what they expected of him that he wasn't able to. Yeah. He he could fill that role, but you know, not suck at it. Uh, yeah. That's we'll we'll just say that. Hey, I will say I'm I just as a not even as like a reporter, but just as a football fan in general, I'm excited to see Ricky Pearsall and Eugene Wilson getting screen passes and getting the bubble screens and things like that versus Xavier Henderson. Cause we all know straight line speed, beautiful. The lateral movement, trying to kind of make people miss a eyesore. So getting the people that are supposed to be in that role in that role, that'll be at least fun to watch. It, it might not result to much, but it'll, those five yard gains that they can get, whoo, they're going to look special. Up. <laughs> I will say it was maybe the funniest thing on the planet when Xavier Henderson did make a man miss. Like, like I, I distinctly remember him catching one of those screens that he never should have been thrown in the first place and like doing the slowest juke ever. 
and the defender just like whoop and just like to me that's the funniest thing on the planet because like i know he's not a very elusive guy so watching him do that to me was just very funny but enough have, have fun with emory in uh in cincinnati best of luck I think, to you I think there's a role for him to be successful at cincinnati and and i'm not i'm not hating on him i just i, I don't think that he was put in a position i think they misinterpreted his skill set and that ultimately resulted in him kind of just being meh at florida these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free with simple tools like screening questions that makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and higher. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. In the running back room now, Florida has, I, I'm not even going to put a, a, a number on it, but they have a an elite running back duo. They have Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne. And I am going to ask you this because I, I've said this multiple times, and I feel like I'm the only person. Like, I feel like every time I say it, my listeners are just like, <laughs> like they just hate me whenever I do it. <laughs> Who do you think is the better overall running back on the roster, Montreal Johnson or Trevor Etienne? I'm going to break your heart. That's fair. And, and I know, I know, I'm sorry. I know, I know. Okay. First of all, I want to start by saying they're both very good. They're both great running backs. And, and as while we're on the topic, running backs do matter as the NFL is learning very quickly that running backs are not very happy with their position right now. I think that they deserve more. And, and uh, I think that it is an important position even in today's NFL, but well, that, that's a, discussion for a different time however i think it's trevor etn and i think not only it's trevor etn um just in terms of how he is because obviously last year montreal johnson was the number one and and it was clear that he was the number one he had production like he was the number one and etn was that compliment back and he did a lot of things well i thought montreal johnson is probably the better in between the tackles and i think that he can kind of be that tough runner up, you know, just being able to work on the inside. But the way ETN is able to run the football, uh, how creative he is, how his vision and just his explosiveness, his elusiveness in the open field, it is there. There's not many that can replicate that in college football. And that might not necessarily be the, you know, it might not sound like it's complete, but you have to remember that he was a freshman last year. He was learning on the fly. They threw him in week one, and he he had to figure things out. And he had to figure things out all throughout last year. And you saw him towards the end of the season. He would have those runs up the middle where he kind of busted it open for a 50-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown, whatever. And I think that as he grows in between the tackles, he's going to be special. And I, I, I'm not saying Montreal Johnson isn't, but I do think that what ETM brings as a – just in, in all facets of the game makes him kind of 
just a slightly above Montreal Johnson. Now I'm not saying he should be running back one because I still think Montreal Johnson brings the power, ETM brings the elusiveness, and they can nearly split carries evenly, especially this year with them two being the top two from week one, no Nick Quan Wright in the mix, etc. But with how ETN runs the football, personally, it's not only a style that I like watching better and, and I prefer, but it's also a style that you just you can't take for granted because when you have a guy like ETN, it's not, you know, you don't get them very often. I mean, not no one expected him to be as productive as he was last year. And he's getting a year two with really in the same offense. Uh, obviously, Montreal was already in a year within the offense. He came from Louisiana. So I just think that there's so much more that ETN can put on tape this year that will make him, that makes him, I should say, the more complete, dynamic, and better back by like a, 0.02% margin because they're both really good, like I said. So uh, that's that's what I'm looking at for this running back room right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say yes. I, I understand they are both very, very talented backs. Very good. For, for me, I'm just like, hey, I think Montreal Johnson between the tackles is more consistent, which, yes. yes. Trevor Etienne's obviously the bigger home run hitter. I feel like they're both solid at picking up these massive plays pretty consistently. And for me, a big thing, and I know this is the biggest nerd thing I could possibly ever care about, but it's what matters to me a lot, is just passing down ability. And for me, I think Montreal Johnson was okay as a pass protector, where I think last year Trevor Etienne really struggled there. And for me, like one of the quickest ways to get off the field as a running back is to not be able to help in pass protection, which I will say... In the spring game, Trevor Etienne completely upended Kamari Wilson in pass protection. So he's clearly made some strides there. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think that they're both, I think they're both two of the top backs in the country, let alone just like, oh, a top running back duo. I think they're both fantastic running backs. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say Montreal, I think right now is better. Trevor obviously has just a higher ceiling just because of what he can physically do that Montreal can't with, with his speed and and his creativity where stuff that's like stuff you can't really teach. So I understand it. But for me right now, it, it's still Montreal. But behind them, like you said, there's no Naquan Wright. There's no Lorenzo Lingard this year. It's Cam Carroll and Trayon Webb as the presumed likely three and four. How do you feel about the depth there? Because we are one knock on wood injury away from – being in, in a rough spot with one elite back and then depth. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm fine with the, what the depth looks like right now, personally. Uh, I think Cam Carroll kind of produced at least, I mean, obviously you don't want to talk about like, oh, you know, put too much stock in spring games. Um, but he looks very good in the spring game. like, And that's not something you can say about a lot of offensive players in that spring game at all. Because they didn't. Offense did not look good. But he had a few uh, runs where he looked like he could be a fine third back. A fine one. He, and, and it's not like he's going to come out and be, you know, some, oh, wow, they have the three-headed monster in that backfield. But it'll be clearly the one and two, and then he'll kind of perform in rotation. But that's exactly what Billy Napier wants. He wants him to take, you know, he did it at Louisiana. He wants play a third player just to put in, change of pace back, 
Um, and, and one thing with you're getting with Cam Carroll is you're getting that pass down style running back. I know they don't want to utilize their backs much in the passing game itself, but if they wanted to, Cam Carroll is probably that guy. He did that a lot at Tulane. And I think when he was working at his peak, um, that was his strength of his game. So if they want to get someone in there on third downs and it's third and, you know, 19, and they just want to get a little screen pass, see if they can pick up yards and potentially get in the field goal range. I think Kim Carroll's that guy. And because of that, I'm comfortable with what the depth looks like right now at that position. I'm comfortable with, you know, if, uh, you know, forbid any player from getting injured and because that's not, no one wants injuries. But if, if someone gets banged up for a week, I have full confidence that Kim Carroll can kind of take on uh, one of those roles for Florida because I think he's multifaceted and I think that he can work and give them an extra dimension in the passing game. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see that there. And then Trayon Webb, obviously he's new, but he's going to get reps and he's going to kind of play in that fourth role. Uh, I don't think we'll see him much, but when we do, I have no reservations to say that he can't be productive. I, I, I'm not worried in the slightest about what the running game is going to look like until I'm shown that the running game isn't going to be good because there's, I I've watched, I went back and watched a lot of games from Billy Napier during his time at Louisiana Lafayette. And that was never a concern that I had was, Oh, they can't run the football. So if they have the ability to just put anyone back there, that's somewhat talented, which trans more than somewhat talented, they're going to be just fine at the running back position. For a championship team. It's all about making sure that, Every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you go on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the bright parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And we're going to end up with saving the best for last here because my favorite position on offense is tight end, and so... We're, we're wrapping up with the tight ends where last year tight ends were on the field a lot. You didn't notice them most of the time, but they were on the field a lot in this offense. Are you expecting an improved impact this year or kind of more of the same? Well, I think if they were fully healthy, I think that there was there's opportunity for them to be more impactful um, just because and it's not necessarily because of the offense. But if you go back and watch Wisconsin last year or, you know, really throughout Graham Mertz's career, he had a lot of success targeting the seams with tight ends. Yeah, he likes working over the middle. It makes him, you know, you could tell that that's when he was most comfortable. If he tried, you want him to push it outside the numbers. That's when it gets a little bit shaky. But. Working over the middle, he was fine. He was he was good even. And then I, I know, wow, I, I you know someone complimented Graham Hurt. Said go tell everybody. Uh, but as a result, I I have a hard time believing that they won't try to do something similar 
for him in this Florida offense. Cause at the end of the day, it's one thing to, you know, kind of have a offense conducive to everybody. And it's a different thing to mold your offense around what you have. And I think that to be good, to be where they want to be in 2023, they are going to have to mold their offense around Graham Mertz. So if you put an Arliss Borningham out there, uh, kind of let him work. Arliss Borningham, I'm, I'm huge on, I think he is so talented. I'm high on him. Uh, from a skill set standpoint, I think he kind of proved a lot of people right this spring and put himself into a position to start even uh, this upcoming year. And you put him out uh, kind of in, in on, as an inline tight end, let him work up the field or even push him out to the slot, things like that. I think he can be a really dominant pass catcher, which is exactly what Florida needs. Obviously, there's going to be the, – the tight ends are more than pass catchers in this offense. They have to be able to block. Um, and, and that goes back to the running, you know, the running game always being significantly uh, talented and, and productive under Billy Napier coach teams. But I have no reason why I would look at this team, look at this offense and say tight ends can't be effective, at least a handful, you know, at least like one or two of them in the passing game specifically, because that's what makes Graham Mertz comfortable. And if that's making him comfortable, then in turn, that's making the Florida offense comfortable. Uh, that's pushing them further down the field, and that's putting them in position to score points, which could come at a premium uh, in the upcoming year. Yeah, um, I, I am curious just to get your take on Dante Sanders here, because I know from 2021 season with Dan Mullen, he was still defensive line edge rusher. Since then, he's lost 40 pounds. It was yeah. basically 20 each year. Are you expecting that to kind of maybe help him be more effective in the passing game, just like maybe he's a little quicker, shiftier? and hopefully converted some like fat to muscle there. And so even more effective in the run game. Yeah, I think that there's, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be this, uh, he's not going to be their pass catcher, but uh, tight end. He's not, he's not going to be their one that they look to, but if, you know, someone's in trouble and he's kind of out on a route, cause they're going to still send him out just uh, cause he's going to be probably, he's going to, earn the most snaps of any tight end this year because I mean, he did last year or I'm not sure if he earned the most snaps, but he started all throughout last year uh, over Keon zipper, which you know was a head scratcher at first, but then you saw how just, you know, uh, how big he was. And they're like, Oh, they just want him to block. Like that makes a lot of sense. They want him to get down and kind of make his mark in the blocking game. And he had his ups and downs there. He's transitioning back from a defensive line spot after really just being, pulled in every which direction under the Dan Molinera uh, regime, I should say. So the weight will probably help him in terms of him it, making it look believable that he's going to go out and catch a pass, but I wouldn't put too much stock in him actually going out there and, and receiving, you know, more than five balls this year. Uh, I think really they're going to look at all this boarding him. And then you could see, uh, you know, a guy like Jonathan Odom when he's healthy uh, being that second piece in the passing game. Tony Livingston, a freshman, a gray shirt freshman, could step up into that role. And then you also obviously have a guy like Hayden Hansen who could be that for them. But it, it'll be a it'll be a tight end by committee for this unit this year. They don't really have a guy that stands out as the number one piece uh, that I believe is going to kind of just be able to do everything. But Dante Zanders is going to be their leader as a blocker. Alice Bartingham is going to be their leader as a tight end. And then they're going to work from there with the other pieces that they have at their disposal. 
Yeah, uh, Dante Sanders last season, 528 offensive snaps. Keon Zipper, 339. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I was just saying, like, I was just questioning. But Zipper was hurt for a good portion yeah. of the season, so that makes sense. Yeah, Sanders was 13 games. Uh, yeah. Zipper was eight. So, yeah, and, and yes, more than half of uh, Xander's snaps were run blocking. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this tight end room. I, I know, like, Arliss is someone who drives me nuts when Florida Gators fans want, want to do the Kyle Pitts thing just because he's so different from Kyle. I'm like, yes, he's he's a pass-catching tight end, but to me, like, not that he's obviously as good as this player, but I'm like, stylistically – He's more, I think, like Travis Kelsey as opposed to Kyle Pitts. Like, like he's just yeah. not that kind of guy. So it drives me nuts when people do the Kyle Pitts thing. I get it. Florida pass catching tight end. Not exactly. Hey, I hate to break it to you, but as as probably for the rest of our lives, if if a guy is able to catch the football and he is any, you know, if he's 250 or below, Kyle Pitts is the comparison. Because I will hate that, it for the rest of our lives. So I, I'm just telling that is going to be what people are saying. Uh, and that's going to be what Florida's selling for the foreseeable future. Oh, you want to come play here? Yeah, we can make you like Hall Pitts. Oh, no, I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but oh, it, it's, it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's such an easy comparison to pitch. Uh, just to kind of throw Kyle Pitts' name out there like he's not the highest drafted tight end of all time, performing in a way that really is just unreplicable because there's no one like Hal Pitts. And, still, and born. still. There, yeah. There's not a single soul out there that is like Kyle Pitts. Uh, Caleb Odom, people were saying was like Kyle Pitts before he committed to Alabama. He's probably a wide receiver. He's, he's a wide receiver. And so it's just little things that could be sold, but they might not necessarily be true. Yeah, um, I will also say before I let you go, I hate Marcus Mariota for making Kyle Pitts not look as as good as he uh, as good as he is. So that's I had nothing against Marcus Mariota before, but now I do nothing to do with Kyle Pitts being on my fantasy team either. Um, just just oh. just, just saying that one. Um, oh, I, I every year I'm convinced this is the year that it, that it's happening. <laughs> um, Thank you so much, Brandon. This is Brandon Carroll with All Gators and Carroll's Cadence. Make sure to check out his new episode that dropped basically around the same time as this one. Um, so, yeah. But thank you so much, Brandon. We'll get you back next week. Absolutely. Thank you for having me as always. And uh, I know it won't be as, you know, as clean and cut and, and insightful as what Brandon, my other Brandon's got going on here. But definitely go check out Carroll's Cadence. Um and support the channel trying to grow this thing to be anything close to what locked on gators here uh is here so i appreciate everyone's support yeah and seriously do go watch it because i i openly say i don't watch other gator stuff i watch carol's cadence so you should do it thanks for making locked on gators your first listen of the day every day we are available daily and free right this in the podcast we'll be back we'll see if there's a commitment this weekend but we'll be back monday for Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.